0: The Australian Stroke Coalition, ASC, represents all major groups, agencies and professions involved in stroke care in Australia. The ASC identified that assessing stroke survivors for rehabilitation is often ad hoc, inequitable and determined by the capability of the rehabilitation unit, rather than the capacity of the person to benefit. Carmen Lev jenkins from the International Journal of Stroke spoke to Susan Hillier, representative for the South Australian Stroke Network for the Australian Stroke Coalition. Susan will be speaking on this topic at the Stroke Society Australasia Conference in September 2011. Susan, thank you very much for speaking to us today. What is the Australian Stroke Coalition? The Australian
1: Stroke Coalition is a, is a coalition, a true coalition of all the different networks and organisations that um, currently have an interest or are involved in stroke care in Australia. So it includes a lot of the professional organisations. Medical, nursing, and allied health. Uh, also, a lot of other research <coughs> networks and the, uh, the state networks from across Australia, as well as consumer representatives and anybody else who's got a you know a major interest. So that you know the National Stroke Foundation, Stroke Society of Australasia. So all of these peak bodies meet together as part of the coalition.
0: So how does the coalition itself actually benefit stroke practitioners?
1: I think by uniting everybody in a in a com- common forum, uh, so that we can all get together and discuss key issues related to stroke care in Australia, uh, so it gives a, the the organisation a lot of credibility because you know literally everybody's there who has an interest in the overall care of stroke. So it's not biased towards you know the acute care or the community care. It's representative of the whole um, stroke care pathway as well as all the people involved, families, consumers, professionals, administrators, you know, from the ambulance officers all the way through.
0: So why did the Australian Stroke Coalition feel the need to devise a process to assess stroke survivors for rehabilitation?
1: Um, it, we identified in uh, one of our very early meetings that there was a very concerning level of inconsistency, a, a Around the way that people received rehabilitation after stroke. So, if you were lucky enough to have a stroke in a certain geographical area or a certain region of a city, you might be pretty much guaranteed of the, you know the right rehabilitation in the right time at the right place. But if you're born, you know, if you had your stroke, sorry, you know, a couple of suburbs away, you might not access the same level of care. So, there's a lot of inconsistency. A lot of inconsistency between metropolitan and rural. Uh, And, and, you know, that sort of equity of access is obviously a great concern to consumers because it means that, you know, how do you you navigate to get the right services if you don't know, you know, where to go to get them and it's inconsistent. So, what we tried to do then was to look at what sort of criteria are being applied across Australia to determine who does and doesn't get rehab. The, The assessment whether somebody would benefit from rehab or not is very rarely around You know the, the actual needs of the person and more around what's available. That's a pragmatic and understandable you know, occurrence. However, it's not very heartening for the person with stroke. So what what we then decided to do was have a whole fresh look at, at the way we would recommend that a true assessment for rehabilitation should happen.
0: So how did you plan the construction of the assessment algorithm?
1: Um. Firstly, we formulated a working group. So, under the auspices of the Australian Stroke Coalition, myself as chair, and then the executive actually um, invited a very representative group, uh, expert working group from across Australia. Again, that covered across you know a range of different rehabilitation service providers, uh, consumers, representative from each state, each discipline. So, it's a very comprehensive uh, working group absolutely chock full of expertise and experience. Uh, We then mapped out a plan so that we gathered data firstly to confirm what the current practices were in rehabilitation to see if, you know, were we actually barking up the, you know, the wrong tree and there actually wasn't a problem. So we surveyed um, uh, units who who um, theoretically had to assess people for rehabilitation after stroke and found out what the current practices were and what they thought worked well and what they thought did not work well. Uh, We received funding from Bayer International to do a systematic search of the literature so that we could see what best practice was internationally in terms of assessing people for rehab and if there was any evidence that some people benefited more or less than any others. So we had these three ways, three sort of sets of data, if you like, the expertise of the working group, current practice in Australia, and then the published literature internationally. Uh, And from that, we devised this uh, sort of decision-making process, um, which we've just finished piloting um, across... well, we're just in the process of finishing piloting across Australia. Um, and that's what I'll be reporting on uh, at, at the session, um, the process of how we came about it as well as um, how it's been received so far as a pilot process.
0: So just to encapsulate that, what exactly was revealed as the most important outcome?
1: Well, it was very interesting because, you know, there's all sorts of very varied criteria being applied for people to get rehab or not after stroke, and all of it was pretty much based on service um, availability when we looked at the literature there really isn't anything literature to say that there's any one group or type of stroke or type of person or demographics that would not benefit from rehab so we actually took a very controversial and i think very bold step of saying that actually the default is that everybody who has a stroke um should get rehab should have access to rehabilitation and and the exceptions are pragmatic Either that people are, you know, imminently close to death, so that they're in palliative care, and rehab would be a burden, unnecessary burden for them. If the person with stroke themselves absolutely refused rehabilitation, if they were still in an unresponsive state, so they're still uh, not able to participate at any level in rehabilitation, Um, or if they have made a, a clear, unequivocal recovery, 100% recovery. So we've taken this bold step that actually the default is that everybody deserves a rehabilitation. And then the question is where would be the best place for that rehabilitation to occur? Uh, and we've come up with um, a set of tables that the team or a single caseworker can fill in that identifies, firstly, the areas of need for the individual person, um, then where that need is best met. Um, in particular, do they need to be an inpatient or can they go home and have that rehabilitation need met? So then, so the um, staff and the family can work through these documents and make a really clear and um, decision about what the best possible rehabilitation should be. Now, of course, in reality, those services might not be available, but at least in the first instance, the need is identified based on the person. Um, so we're particularly promoting this focus on the individual. Firstly, the other focus that we've picked up on is um, that it's an interdisciplinary family and person with stroke. So, you know, um, team. It's a team effort. That the decision, you know, is made in that consultative way, and that we've tried to make the decision based on very holistic needs. So looking at the broad perspective of the person's needs, not just a few things like, you know, muscles or speech or, um, you know, continence, but it's actually looking across the whole spectrum of the person.
0: And how ultimately will this change practice?
1: What we're... Well, I think the health authorities will be worrying that it will flood flood the system with candidates for rehab. Um, and, you know, that's, we, we believe strongly that that's appropriate. Um, that, you know, everybody should have have access to it. So, for example, somebody who maybe had an extremely severe stroke and needs you know, a very high level of care, maybe they need two people to help them, you know, get out of bed with a lifter, in rehab, their goals might be relatively modest. Maybe they only need one person to help, but that still represents a clear, tangible goal. Um you know, at the other end of the spectrum, someone with a very mild stroke may have very mild memory difficulties. So they deserve rehabilitation to learn the best strategies to manage their their their, their you know minor residual memory loss. And then, of course, there's everything in between. So what we're hoping for then is consistency, um, and accountability, and clear communication, so that everybody has you know equality of access wherever they have their stroke, whatever kind of stroke, and whoever
0: they are. Susan, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you. You are listening to an International Journal of Stroke podcast collaboration between International Journal of Stroke and the Stroke Society Australasia. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please consider becoming a member.